Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, your Bible teacher, Ray Haynes. And I believe this is one of those, another one of those areas that is just fascinating, and just because of the Hebrew language. On the first Pentecost, signs and wonders accompanied the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. We're talking smoke, fire, and a cloud on the mountain, right? The mountain trembled. A blast of a shofar sounded louder and louder, and the voice of God was audibly heard by the entire nation. All right, so that's what happened at Mount Sinai. According to the Midrash, a traditional Jewish interpretation of Scripture, the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai was accompanied by several wonders. Flames of fire, which came to each individual at Sinai. Now, this is a Jewish Midrash. This is not Christian. It's nothing to do long, long before the the uh, Acts chapter 2. On the occasion of the giving of the Torah, the children of Israel not only heard the Lord's voice, but actually saw the sound waves as they emerged from the Lord's mouth. They visualized them as a fiery substance. Each commandment that left the Lord's mouth traveled around the entire camp and came back to every Jew individually. Now, that's a quote from that Midrash. The voice of God speaking in every language known to man. Now, in rabbinic lore, there are 70 mother languages. It says, and all the people witnessed the thunderings. That's how Exodus 20, 15 is uh, translated in most Bibles. So it's said that God's voice, as it was uttered, split up into 70 voices, into 70 languages, so that all the nations should understand. That's one interpretation. When the Now, Exodus 20, 18, when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and the smoke, they trembled with fear. That's how we read it in English. In Hebrew, the thunder and lightnings in this passage literally reads voices and torches or fires or lights. So it's not thunder and lightnings at all. It's voices and fires. So voices was translated thunders because voices are normally heard rather than seen. And torches was translated lightning in English to perhaps match logically with thunder. The voice, the word voices is plural. What the people heard was one God, but many voices or languages. This means that everyone heard the Torah in a way that they could understand it in a language that they spoke. Even though they were, quote, in Exodus 12, 28, 38, a mixed multitude. So now let's fast forward to the New Testament. In Acts chapter 2, we have when the day of Pentecost came, they're all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. So a large fire of some sort came down from heaven, then divided and covered each one of them. So all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So again, you have voices in torches, right? Acts 2. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of them, each of us, hears them in our native language? Now, let's look really closely at those words. Each of us hears them in our native language. The Bible says that people heard in their language. It doesn't say that the, the apostles spoke in that language. It says they heard in the language. Just like in Sinai, everyone heard in their own language as God spoke. 
The disciples and followers of Jesus were all aware of the giving of the Torah at Shavuot. They knew the story of the words of fire resting on each individual back at Mount Sinai. They knew the story of God's voice speaking to all mankind and everybody understanding in their own language. So therefore, the miracles and signs and wonders they experienced in Acts chapter 2 carry deep significance and prophetic fulfillment. The tongues of fire and the speaking in every tongue were both direct allusions to the Mount Sinai experience and to the receiving of the Torah. So, was the baptism of the Holy Spirit an event in history? Most definitely, yes. Has it continued to happen even in our current day? Of course, yes. Is it a one-time occurrence or a constant refilling? Well, more is always available. In a very practical sense, we count down the 50 days to Pentecost because 2,000 years ago was not a one-time experience for the disciples, but rather the first experience of a constant refilling of the Spirit. As we arrive at Pentecost, Let's seek together to encounter the baptism of the Holy Spirit for those who have never have and ask for even more of that wonderful manifest presence of Jesus for those who have encountered the baptism but are still longing for more of his touch. If your particular church upbringing has left you confused or even hesitant about the possibilities of such encounters and experiences in our day, I would just challenge you to listen to Jesus describe what the average Christian life would look like just before he ascended. This is Mark 16. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. All right? That can't get more simple than that. They will take up serpents. Now, that's not an invitation or an encouragement to handle snakes, by the way. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Likewise, not an invitation to drink poisons. Uh, they'll lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So you have an invitation there for God to fill you in ways that you've never been filled before.